beautiful route by Elijah Moore. Welcome to another episode on the official Jets podcast, the podcast profile series continuing to roll on here. Another rookie. We got Elijah Moore. We got two interviews. We got Tevin Allen, who's the CEO of Goldfeet Global. I'm sure people have seen him on Instagram before, worked out with Elijah Moore when Elijah was growing up. And then we also got Derek Nix, who coached up the receivers, including Moore at Ole Miss. Listen, the Jets were doing backflips when Elijah Moore was still on the board at the beginning of night two of the draft. They thought they got three first-round talents in this draft, three of the top 25 guys on their board. I know uh, you probably can speak to it a little bit. Uh, I think Brian Shields was talking about uh, Elijah Moore on Flight 2021. Said it was their 16th overall rated prospect and the Jets got him early in the second round at 34. Uh, the bottom line is Elijah Moore was the best receiver in the best conference in college football last season, bar none. His stats are amazing. I mean, you know, I, I understand people who would make the argument for Devontae Smith because he's the Heisman Trophy winner, but Elijah Moore, you, you can't argue with his production and remember, he opted out of the final, I think, two games of the 2020 yeah, season. Yeah, he did it in eight games, right? So he yeah. averaged nearly 150 yards receiving in a game and almost 11 catches, I believe. Yeah, I mean, his numbers are ridiculous. Like It's very much like, we know we're going to throw the ball to Elijah Moore. You know we're going to throw the ball to Elijah Moore. Can you stop him? And the answer was no. And, and you know, <laughs> I just think it's really amazing what he did. And you factor in that he lines up inside. Well, and we'll get into this. Inside, outside. He's got 4-3 speed. I mean, in flight 2021, one of the scouts was talking about how it was one of the best pro days workouts that he's been to. Yeah. And I think that speaks to Elijah Moore. And, you know, let's start back with Tevin Allen, who knew Elijah Moore when he was a student at St. Thomas Aquinas, mm. which, by the way, let me just read you some of the football alum at St. Thomas Aquinas over time. We're talking about Geno Atkins, Giovanni Bernard, the Bosa brothers, LaMarcus Joyner, ironically, one of them. Philip Dorsett. I mean, there is a long list of St. Thomas Aquinas football players who had success in the NFL. Yeah. Well, the program speaks for itself, those names that you just Jamal rab- Westerman, too. Ra- rattle off there, former New York Jet, of course. Um, Tevin Allen was at an all-time low, he told me. He just been recently had been cut in the CFL. And that's when he got introduced to this young kid, Elijah Moore. Moore was 14 years old at the time. And that relationship developed over time. But what you could tell early on, I think, from Moore was he had a passion to be great. Nothing was ever enough for him. And I think this Jets 2021 draft class, we've talked about it before, think it has a chance to be special and I know none of these guys have played a down but they have really unique intangibles couple that with unbelievable physical skill sets and Elijah Moore when he measured in at his pro day 5'9 178 not the biggest guy and Robert Sala called him what a jitterbug he's just, he, he's and we'll get into this too he was very impressive in the spring and there were no pads we know that, but he was still very impressive, and it looks like that he's picking up the offensive or the offense early. And on top of all this, you hear different coaches 
like Mike LaFleur and Brant Boyer talk about his work ethic. Yeah. I mean, he you can tell he really lives and breathes football. Well, he wants more, but then you can close your eyes and say that about a number of the guys in this draft class. But uh, Elijah Moore's team, the guys who are around him, his family members, friends, supporters, guys like Tevin Allen believe he will be the best receiver in this draft class, period. No matter that he went in the second round or not. And you look at the production at Mississippi, it's just skyrocketed each and every year. Mm -hmm. It went from in the 30s to the 60s, and then last year, whatever it was, like we talked about. 86 catches, Ole Miss single-season record. Yeah. So you're just looking at somebody who is continually – uh, he's, his evolution is just in front of your eyes, and I think he's just going to get better as a pro. And the other thing about him and Zach Wilson were when one of those camps ended and rookies had an opportunity to go home, both of those guys stayed. They stayed, and they found fields locally, and they were throwing the ball. Yeah. To each other. I mean, I well, Wilson was throwing the ball to, to more, of course. But they could have they <laughs> well, could have went might home. have thrown it back. They could have went home and departed and whatever things like that, but they just couldn't get enough. Yeah, I think their relationship is really cool and you've started to see that. I think it was after rookie minicamp is what you're talking about. The two of them go out to the city, get some dinner, hang out, off the field, develop that relationship as well. And I think the relationship between Moore and Tevin Allen, who we're about to hear from, is really interesting because He's known. He's seen Elijah Moore since he was 14 years old, and he's he since he was a, an athlete at St. Thomas Aquinas, and then at Ole Miss, yep. and now with the Jets. So let's hear from Tevin Allen. Tevin, you go a long way back with Elijah Moore. Uh, what were your earliest memories? of him in your interactions um first time we met i was actually at my all-time low fresh out of college got cut from the cfl um staying at my friend marlon martinez house and he said it was this kid that basically moved like me uh played the game passionately like me and he told me to come check him out uh over at western high school so i pulled up to the game and I was impressed, you know, just by, you know, the way he was able to uh, be agile and avoid defenders and score touchdowns so easily. Uh, and after the game, I called him over to the stands and I basically said, you know, I'm an up and coming trainer, um, built this movement called Go Feed Global. And I just wanted to be able to get my name out there and, and showcase, you know, my craft and, you know, build into something outside of football. So, exchanged my number with him and he had no idea who I was. Um, that's just the type of person he is. He's willing to take a chance on anybody. Um, you know, if he feels that energy and he feels, you know, the connection, uh, his mom dropped him off and, you know, I rode my bike, uh, to the park. He jumped the fence. Uh, we started training since then. Uh, he's been on my hip since he was 14 years old. Um, just being able to, you know, hear that story. Uh, you see the way he moves with, you know, being a God-fearing man, and and I'm just, you know, I'm happy God put him in my life. I think to understand a person, you have to understand where they come from. 
Uh, what can you say about his neighborhood in South Florida and then also the high school that he played at, St. Thomas Aquinas? Elijah has always had a great support system um, from his mother to his grandparents to uh, his father and uh, brother. Uh, didn't really, you know, go through the struggle as, you know, most people uh, in South Florida in Section 8 housing in the hood. Um, he had a lot of love around him, um, a lot of resources. Uh, and being able to have that, he was able to chase his dream and go to a school where, you know, he felt like he was going to get a lot of recognition and he was able to challenge himself. And that's over at St. Thomas Aquinas. Uh, and just the tradition over there um, elevated his mindset. He's always been transparent about his life and who he wants to be. Uh, but going to St. Thomas, it molded him, you know, into um, a college athlete uh, in high school. You know, they do a great job over there. Um, and I commend him for that. Just how good of a player was he in high school, and how the heck did he get out of the state of Florida? This guy was <laughs> such a good player. Well, he went for 2,000 yards, 20 touchdowns, sophomore year. Uh, goes into his junior year at St. Thomas's. Um, athletes like Mike Harley, Trayvon Grimes, Power Five um, guys. So uh, it was really um, Lil Fish, Big Pond. Uh, and he went through his trials and tribulations. He was obviously um, the same Elijah Moore, but, you know, I think those trials kind of prepared him to build more confidence and uh, just going through those obstacles made him really understand, like, you know, he's going to beat the next man, um, make a better version of himself. Let me ask you this. You were his trainer physically, but I got to imagine you were a trainer mentally as well because you were taking a young kid and helping mold this piece of clay ever since he was 14. With that being said, how did he develop throughout high school? Man, we do everything with, with love. Uh, it was no money involved as far as like, this isn't a clout chasing company or um, a company that is using athletes, image and likeness. Like this was a real relationship. Um, and he made it easy um, on the situation just by, you know, the, he's a great kid, man. Um, and obviously, uh, the people around New York see it already. Uh, you can see it through his Instagram. You can see it, you know, in person, the way he moves his energy um, is just unmatched. So throughout that process, and um, I always told him, never get too high, never get too low. Uh, stay even killed, stay grounded, um, because he's going to achieve everything that he wants to achieve. And just he, he wants it so bad, he's never satisfied. So sometimes he can get too far ahead. Um, and I think, you know, God put me in his life to, to make sure that um, he's level. You know, he has somebody that can talk to him about anything. Uh, he's real transparent. He asks a lot of questions. Um, and if I didn't make a better version of myself, like how was I able to, you know, bring up a kid, you know, at 14 years old um, and tell him the correct things. Uh, so he actually made me a better person and, and actually made me, you know, step up uh, and, and become a real man um, because he was watching my every move. What do you think of his rise at Ole Miss? 36 receptions as a freshman, then 67, then 86 in eight games. His production was off the charts, averaging mm. nearly 11 receptions a game last year and 150 yards in the nation's best conference. Yes, he wants more. Um, he actually, every single year, he'll come back like, frustrated, you know, mad that uh, he didn't achieve the goals that he set out to 
achieve and we'll get back to work. We'll keep working. He'll work with me on, on weekdays, uh, go to, to his trainer, Sly Johnson, um, from Premier Athletes on the weekends, um, and work out before school sometimes. Like, this is the type of kid that he truly believes he could be the best wide receiver ever. Um, he's going to work um, to get that. So just seeing, you know, the the transformation from freshman, sophomore year um, into this consistent All-American season, um, I wouldn't put it past him. Uh, he actually believes that he could have did better, which is crazy. How versatile a player are the Jets getting? Electric, ambitious, uh, somebody who's going to be um, the guy on and off the field in the community um, and a great role model. His versatility, can you speak to that as far as somebody who played the game and somebody who's mm. trained him for so many years about how he can do pretty much everything? People talk about him lining up outside the numbers or putting him in the slot or running the jet sweeps. Uh, you yeah. just want to get the ball in his hands. He never wants to be put in a box. Um, he can run every route in a route tree at a high level. He could play the X, he could play the Z, he could play the slot. Um, he played running back growing up, so that's easy, just get him the ball. Uh, his yards after catches, uh, unimaginable. He can return punts, return kicks. Uh, he's the type of guy that you want to be able to get him at least 10 touches in a game. Uh, he's going for over 100. He'll get you uh, touchdowns. He'll bring you know, his teammates up there. But one of the most electric athletes, players um, I've ever seen with my own two eyes. Do you think he carries a chip on his shoulder? Uh, you talk about the village that raised him, that he came from, hey, listen, good family, good support system, but – you get to the NFL draft, and he's a competitive spirit, so I'm sure he wanted to go in the first round. First round talent for sure. Um, and we truly believe he's the best uh, wide receiver that came out of that draft. And um, five, ten years from now, uh, we'll have to check the stats, and I believe he'll be on top. Um, just the type of person he is, he you know, he was really frustrated um, after that first day. Um, he truly believed his name was going to be called. He worked for it. Uh, he prayed for it. Um, it didn't happen, but, you know, he's truly grateful and thankful to be where he's at right now. How do you think he's going to acclimate himself to his teammates? Um, obviously coming in here as a rookie, learning a new system, and he could be playing with a rookie quarterback in week one. Yeah, right when the draft was over with, uh, they got on the phone. Him and Zach got on the phone. I uh, was talking about uh, what they want to do in the future, watching each other's highlights. Uh and he stayed up there actually in Jersey. Uh, he didn't come home when he could have came home uh, to creating that bond. And it, it could be a special thing, man. Looking forward to seeing it. What does he mean to the community down there? Uh, you know, like you mentioned, St. Thomas Aquinas, wow, a lot of tremendous athletes. But I got to mm -hmm. imagine a lot of people are going to be tracking the course of his career now. Most definitely. Already, we call it the Goldfee Empire. Uh, we train five years old up to professionals. And... He's one of those poster childs that everyone's seen him uh, grow from 14 years old. Uh, so he has a great fan base. Uh, he comes back to the sessions, to the group sessions with the kids and, and uh, trains with them, talks to them, motivates them. And a lot of people look to him, you know, as far as being a God-fearing man, he's, he's on the right path. His stars are aligned. Uh, he just brings everybody up, man. His frequency is so high with, with, with joy and happiness and love, like, you always want to be around him. I got to imagine moving forward for you at Gold Feet Global that you're going to be able to point to Elijah and say, hey, kids, this is what you can strive to be. Most definitely. Only time will tell, man. And as long as he keeps God first, how can he lose? All right, now let's turn the page to Ole Miss. 
And Elijah Moore is what, you know, a lot of people have brought this up. The third out of like the Ole Miss trilogy between A.J. Brown, D.K. Metcalf, and now it's Moore. And A.J. Brown and Elijah Moore are extremely close. I'm pretty sure Metcalf and Moore are close as well, but it definitely seems like there's a a deeper connection between A.J. Brown and Elijah Moore, so much so that A.J. Brown posted this video of after Elijah Moore was drafted. He was at his draft party. Mm. And then also the two of them, I don't know if you saw this recently, were working out in Brooklyn together. (laughs) I saw that on social media, right? Yeah. Did they just pop at a park? They just so. jumped out at a park and decided they're going to work out there. I think there was like a group of people working out. I don't know if they're like a well-known group, but they just said, you know, let's get this work in, and they've worked out all together. Yeah, from the photo that I saw, all those dudes are in pretty good shape. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that, that, that was something else. How about Mississippi though? Is it becoming a wide receiver? You? Uh, I talked to Derek Nix about it. He said it kind of started with Dante Moncrief. Oh yeah. Then Laquan Treadwell, and you just mentioned AJ Brown, of course, and DK Metcalf, and Elijah spent a lot of time with AJ Brown before last summer. And Nix talked about Brown helping more. Um, you know, in terms of, hey, I can do it. You can do it too. Right. I, I as what well, I guess you would say, like a, I don't know if a confidence booster is the right word, but maybe age. Like, would you say it's like you know, it almost helped Elijah Moore realize he could do it, like because he. Saw I don't think AJ. he was ever lacking in confidence, but it's almost like okay, well, these guys like this is real. Like, like I really do have a chance yeah, to be. Yeah, well, look that at good. What, look at what AJ Brown did, and, and you know, I was playing alongside him. I was learning from him. I know what I can do. I can do damage um, myself. Um, Different just, ways. It's just fascinating too, as far as the connections. You think about what has happened here now. A.J. Brown, of course, in Tennessee. Oh, boy. Corey Davis in Tennessee. Now Corey Davis signs with the Jets in the offseason. And one of the reasons, or a few of the reasons, why this wide receiver core is so much better is you started at the top with Corey Davis and then the drafting of Elijah Moore. Yeah, that is a cool little connection there as well. And uh, Elijah Moore and Denzel Mims seem to be getting along really quickly as well. The two of them were just hanging out on the – the turf field after practice one day, just sitting on the turf, chatting it up. And we'll talk about this wide receivers room and how improved it is. You said it in a different episode, but it really, I think it is the most improved unit on this team. You could easily make the case, but I do believe that it is. And in terms of more at Ole Miss, Nick's been at Ole Miss a long time. Sort of, I think it's running backs coach first, then transition to wide receiver. And then, um, Think about just, again, I'll read the stats of what Elijah Moore did in eight games in 2020. 86 receptions, which is a school single-season record, 1,193 yards, and eight touchdowns in just eight games. Unbelievable work ethic. Nix is going to talk about this right now. He does not accept mediocrity. Um, He's a guy who's going to be reaching for the stars and beyond. A, A great work ethic loves the game, a threat at every level to do damage. And we'll talk about the receivers room and what Elijah Moore could potentially bring on special teams. But first, let's hear from Derek Nix. Oh, yeah. ah! 
He exploded on the national scene last season. Why was he so prolific? Uh, number one, just work ethic. Um, this guy, he tries to perfect everything that he does. Uh, he tries to bring guys along with him. Uh, he doesn't accept uh, mediocrity. Um, he's a guy that's, you know, he believes he's the best. And he's going to do everything he can in his power to prove that. And he's always learning. You know, he's always willing to try to find out what's the next step. You know, coach, you know, maybe about route running. Coach, what about defenses? You know, what about coverages? You know, I, I can remember numerous amount of times, you know, coach, I want to know the whole thing. I don't know. I don't want to know just my position. I want to know the whole thing. And I think just that attitude of uh, trying to be a winner, trying to, you know, get outside of his position and, and be a total football player. And then, you know, I think about him growing in his spiritual life and I think about him growing, you know, um, just as a regular person and with his social life. I mean, he was trying. He saw a bigger prize for himself. He still does. I know he's got more work that he wants to get done. And, you know, that inspired me. I told him when I was there, man, he made my job and life so much easier. My best player in the room, not only could he make plays, but he was also doing the right things away, uh, away from the football facility. Let's talk about Elijah's physical skill set, starting with acceleration and change of direction. What would you say? Um, he and he and another guy coached a few years back, Dexter McCluster. I mean, these guys can get to their top speed in a hurry. You know, they're about two, three, four steps in, and they're going full tilt. And the, the, I guess probably was even better than that. They can stop and start again and be right back full speed. And, you know, he's got a, you know, low center of gravity so he can, you know, he can go probably left and right just as fast as he can going forward. Um, you know, really big hands for a guy his size. He's stronger than you think. He's more physical. And, uh, you know, he's got some savviness to him, you know, and he's never afraid of a challenge, you know, basically trying to find out who the best DB was every week that we we're playing. And he wanted to make sure when he got matched up with him, he had the opportunity to dominate or win. What about the way he can attack all levels of the field? I think some people look at his size and say, well, 5'8", five, 5'9", five, maybe he's going to be a short intermediate guy, but – Elijah Moore at the collegiate level was short, intermediate, and vertical threat. No doubt. You know, that that height thing, it doesn't come into play, in, you know, until a guy that's short and he can't jump. Well, Elijah, he's explosive. He can jump, too. So, I mean, he might be 5'9", but when the ball's in the air, he can jump up and become 6'5", all of a sudden. You know what I mean? With his <laughs> vertical, vertical, you know, leaping ability. And, and then just knowing how to play, knowing how to position his body. And, you know, the height part, you know, being more physical than guys and beating them off the line of scrimmage, I think that's probably the next attribute you're trying to talk about, you know, him being a quick starter. But he can explode off the line and, you know, he can avoid and guys try to jam him. He does a great job of using his hands and using technique. And he's a guy, like you said, he can excel in touches and quick game. He can excel in being in the backfield. I mean, we line him up against South Carolina. He lined up tailback. Line up in the slot, they line up as the outside receiver. Um, you can put him in motion, and of course, like you said, you can you can throw the ball deep to him. He has enough speed under the hood and that he can beat guys down the field vertically, too. And really no weakness in his game, you know, besides everybody trying to cut him down about being about being a little bit shorter. You talked about his hands before. Can you can you um expand on that just a little bit in terms of hey, he's got sticky mitts, but he's also tough. 
So the ball will come over the middle, and he knows he's going to take his shot, but he'll hang in there, and he's going to grab it. No doubt about it. I mean, it's it's a game in particular against uh, against Kentucky this past year. He's running a dig route, going across the middle of the field. Ball's behind him. He opened up his hips, concentrate, look the football in, and he gets blasted right after it. But he needed to. It was a, you know a key first down to keep a drive alive. Um, I knew he had really good hands all during his career, but it really got exemplified against Alabama last season. It's been raining all day. It's raining partly during the game. You know, I'm me being a former running back. You know, if it's raining, I'm freaking out. You know, we us running back, we can barely catch. And uh, you know, some of the other receivers worried about well, what about rain gloves and. All of a sudden, I see Elijah, Elijah coach. I'm just gonna go barehanded, man. And uh, then didn't have a drop. I mean, confident catching in traffic, catching the ball high pointed. I mean, that showed me there, man. This guy was the real deal. Doing it against top quality competition and doing it, and when the when the weather conditions were perfect. Are the Jets getting a Sunday talent? You look at his collegiate career: 36 receptions his first year, 67 catches his second year. And then his third year where you guys didn't even play a full season, where Elijah did not play a full season, 86 catches. No doubt. I think most teams want to see it that way, seeing a guy get better every season, and he did that. Uh, you know, you got to get a lot of credit to Coach Kiffin and Coach Levy. They came in with an awesome plan, figuring out ways to get him touches and get him the ball. And, um, and like you said, he did it in the shortened season. You know, and, and going against top quality competition every uh, every week, you know, playing an all SE schedule, you know, staying healthy, you know, you know, really taking the heart, how we tell them to get rest and taking the heart about putting the right food in their body, you know, doing the right things in the weight room. And man, he did all of that. And, you know, he got a great reward and great results from it last season. What is in the water down there with the receivers? DK Metcalf, AJ Brown. Now you guys send Elijah Moore to the NFL. You know, it's, it's become, you know, a kind of a tradition here now. You know, it's become a rite of passage. Uh, passage. You know, I you know in my long career here, this is going on my 14th year, really one of the first guys I see really do it and do it on a high level and become, a you know, a draft, an NFL draftee was uh, Dante Moncrief. And after that was a Corn Treadwell. And then after that, of course, you got DK, you got AJ. And all those guys kind of, you know, left the position better than what they found it. You just mentioned about the relationship that these guys have and the pride they have playing for Mississippi. What was your reaction when you saw A.J. Brown with tears in his eyes after Elijah was drafted? Just genuine. You know, uh, A.J. was probably one of the guys that helped, you know, get Elijah to even come to school there. And, you know, their relationship while they, they were there was, you know, great. And especially uh, on the field with these guys training and competing against each other every day. And, you know, I, I would imagine Elijah saw what AJ did and use it for a lot of motivation and say, you know what, if he can do it, I can do it. And I want to continue to train and I want to push myself. And I'm also going to use him for answers. You know, tell me about the process after you left school early, you know, tell me about the combine, you know, tell me about the interviews that I'm getting ready to do with these NFL sure. teams. Uh, I think all of that came into play with Elijah being able to learn from these guys, not only talking about watching these guys as an example. How well is that position flex going to help him here with the Jets uh, running a West Coast system under Mike LaFleur? Uh, Robert Sala has already said 
we we can put them outside the numbers. We can play them in the slot. And you already mentioned before there are times at Mississippi you put them in the offensive backfield. I think it's going to help him tremendously. Um, I really, I think that's one of the reasons why he was, you know, such a, you know, high, high draft pick because he did everything. You know, when he got to a pro day, you didn't really have the testimony thing. He, he basically did it all. I mean, if you want to see him run a post, turn on the tape. You want to see him run a corner route, turn on the tape. You want to see him take a handoff, turn on the tape. You want to see him uh, catch a screen, turn on the tape. You want to see him return a punt, turn on the tape. I mean, everything that they're looking for or have any ideas on ways they can use them, there's examples of that everywhere all over his film from college. Derek, what are you going to tell some of the recruits that you're after or maybe some guys in your room next year and beyond when they ask you about Elijah Moore? Uh, number one, just his uh, heart and his work ethic. Number one, but besides all the physical attributes of being able to run a fast 40, be able to catch the football, man, he demanded from himself, number one, and then demanded from his teammates that they be at their very best. And a great example of that, man, we're in the middle of practice going on during the fall count, and Endo's not going particularly well like we wanted to. And, man, he shuts it down. He shut the whole thing down. We're throwing with the quarterbacks doing routes on there. He shuts it down, and he grabs them all up, talks to them just like a, like a coach would, and we started the whole period over, and it was better from the rest of the day. I mean, that type of mentality with a guy coming in, being on a mission, you know, seeing past tomorrow what he wanted his future to look like and wanted his team to look like, I mean, that that speaks volumes, and that's what you're really looking for when you're trying to recruit receivers to come here. Have you had an opportunity to catch up with him, and has he told you about the situation he's currently in? Because right off the bat, people have seen synergy between him and fellow rookie Zach Wilson and those guys both absorb so much they cannot get enough football. And I just want to get your thoughts on Wilson's skill set, how it potentially is going to mesh with Elijah, because Zach Wilson can make all the throws, and he's a highly athletic person himself. Yeah, I, I haven't been able to catch up with a, a, a whole lot. You know, we've been kind of, you know, texting back and forth at times, you know, not knowing his schedule. We just had the, probably the busiest month in probably college football history. <laughs> uh, in the month of June, this, this past, uh, everybody had all this pent up demand from, uh, you know, from from the uh, pandemic and whatnot. And we basically combined spring recruiting and football camps and unofficials all together in one month. Uh, but I plan on, you know, catching up with him a little bit, you know, as we get close to the season, see how he's doing and make sure he's ready to roll. Um, I've seen Zach some on tape and, uh, you know, quick release, very accurate. And he's a guy that can, you know, of course, make plays with his legs. And I'm excited for Elijah to have a quarterback of that caliber to go and, and to, to go play with. So we've heard from Derek Nix. We've heard from Tevin Allen. Let's talk about what Elijah Moore brings to this receiver's room and really what the Jets wide receiver's room looks like. And in terms of Moore, I mentioned this earlier, he's valuable because he's versatile. He can line up inside. He can line up outside, and I don't think that... He can line up in the backfield. That's what Nix was talking about. They played South Carolina last mm -hmm. year. They put him in the backfield. He can he can line up all over the place. He's an offensive weapon. This is where the game is at right now in the National Football League. And, uh, you know, and how about you're a big number guy? Oh, boy. You like the number? Eight? Yeah. I do. I do. I, especially all because he wore it in college yeah. and... 
now this is the first year where receivers can wear single-digit numbers, and I think Elijah Moore and A, I think it looks good. I think, do you not like it? No. I just I want to know good. what you thought. You are a monstrous number guy. I so do like, I thought this was something that it is was very eye. relevant. Uh, I like the connection with two to eight. You know, we saw that a lot during the spring. And those guys have an uh, instantaneous connection. There's no denying that. You don't have to see them in pads to say, oh, these, these guys have good chemistry already. But you mentioned the wide receiver group. Uh, they got some big bodies, space eaters on the outside who can catch the ball, I think, when they're covered, box people out and go up and get it and high point it. And, wow, they have a lot of options on the inside now, too. Oh, my God. It's, it's really exciting, the potential of the group. And the other thing about Moore is he, in the spring, was returning punts, or at least started to. And Brant Boyer talked about he needs to track the ball a little better and improve. But, you know, I wouldn't put it past Elijah Moore if he came back and he was a much better punt returner in terms of tracking because it seems like all, all he does is work. And we've seen it before where, you know, how can, how can you maximize your value? And Elijah Moore clearly has a dynamic quality, and he has well multiple dynamic qualities with his shiftiness, with his 4-3 speed. And you would imagine that if he can track the ball well and if he has the proper vision, he could really make a difference as a returner. And he's a kid who believes in himself, and he's going to drive himself to the next level. Tevin Allen, during that time we spent with him, said – Moore truly believes he can be the best receiver ever. And when I was done with that interview with Derek Nix, I said, thanks for your time. And this didn't make it on here during the podcast because the interview had stopped. He said, this kid is special, man. This kid is special. That's how we ended our conversation. I think, let me rephrase that. I'm very excited to see what Elijah Moore can bring to the Jets. And, I think it'd be wrong to just say, oh, he's 5'9", stick him on the inside. And, you know, it wouldn't shock me if there were situations where the Jets had Corey Davis on one side, Elijah Moore opposite him, and then somebody else on the inside. So, great point there about the versatility. And also, you've mentioned his height a couple times. Nick's reminded me that Elijah Moore can jump out of the gym. So, people say, oh, okay, 5'9". Well, not only is he an explosive runner in terms of change of direction skills and also straight-ahead speed, he also is a big-time leaper, and he's strong as hell. He can catch it in traffic, and he's got big hands. So 5'9", with big hands, tough, also can jump through the roof. Uh, He's a threat at all three levels. I remember when the Jets drafted Elijah Moore, you know, NFL Network had their little coverage right after each pick, and Daniel Jeremiah said what he really liked about Elijah Moore compared to somebody like Kadarius Toney, who was the receiver drafted by the Giants, is that Elijah, he thought Elijah Moore was a little more confident over the middle, especially with his hands. And for somebody like Elijah Moore, who's had so much volume at his time in terms of receptions and receiving yards, you can tell that he's polished. And with the Jets... You know, whether it's play action, whether he's inside or outside, you'd imagine that he's going to be go, going over the middle a decent amount. And then, and he's not going to shy away. And Nick said he's got no weakness in his game. And then you think about the yards after the catch, too, with the, with the breakaway speed 
and the quickness that he possesses. And also, you mentioned the fact his strength. I just I just googled this. AJ Brown had 19 reps of 225 pounds at the combine, and he's six zero two twenty six. Elijah Moore had 17 reps, and he's shorter and weighs less. It got a lot of muscle on that body. <laughs> yeah. no the the Brooklyn it. boys found out. Yeah, there's no doubt about that. Um, so I, I think uh, and he's another guy that, like, how can you not be excited about? And we've seen a lot of, and we're actually writing about this right now on the website as far as who do you think is going to lead the Jets and receptions and receiving yards. So do you have any little yeah. hints for us or uh, where are you leaning here? With Elijah Moore, I lean towards receptions over receiving yards. Okay. All right. But it wouldn't surprise me if it was both, but I really do think, I mean, I say that, but I really do think that with the connection we've seen so far in training camp between Zach Wilson and Elijah Moore. It wouldn't surprise me if Elijah Moore really became the security blanket, but maybe guys like Corey Davis, Denzel Mims, the taller guys, maybe they would I, – I think they would be more likely to lead the team in receiving yards. So I'm not going to give away my answer, but I am going to say that last year in San Francisco, obviously Mike LaFleur, mm-hmm. part of the Shanahan staff, Brandon Ayuk led the 49ers in receptions and receiving yards, a rookie – who only appeared in 12 games. Now, they had quarterback problems last right. year in terms of injuries, but you go back two years ago, George Kittle, all-world tight end, of led course. the team in receptions and receiving yards, but the receiver who led the 49ers in terms of that group, receptions, receiving yards, also was a rookie, Debo, Debo Samuel. Samuel. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, it's a very, very good point. And, you know, if you read the tea leaves, I think you'll know EA's answer. <laughs> I, I, I'm just saying is that we've seen guys in this system come yeah. on early as a rookie and make impacts. And both of those dudes, Ayuk and Samuel, offer a little more juice than just a receiver in terms of end-arounds, jet sweeps, and Moore is clearly in that line, and he's not just a vertical guy. So, oh, listen, bottom line, fantasy players, I would not shy away from Moore because he's a rookie. Especially <laughs> in PPR leagues is what <laughs> EA is saying. So with that being said, I think that's how we close out this episode of the Jets Podcast Profile Series on the official Jets Podcast.